when did you fall in love with like women in hip hop? And that song that you just heard was Pocket Rocket by Slimeroni, our girl. And I actually found this song on mm-hmm. TikTok um, okay. because she had come up on my TikTok um, and I didn't realize that she had dropped a new song. Um, and I don't know what y'all think about it, but I love this song. Like, Downloaded <laughs> immediately. She did. Actually. I just like, she ate that shit up. Yes. Like, I was fucking, I was like, okay. Yeah, I was just watching oh, videos. I was like, hey. Mm, like, I didn't what? know she'd be like, going in like this. Like, I feel like I've only heard her in the context of like, our black girl in sync. Right. Like, I've never heard any of her like, solo music. So I had no idea. Same. No, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oop, this is a bop. It truly is. Truly was a bob. Um, Camille, what did you think about it? Also immediately was downloading. You know, Love. when the bop is bopping, it's just very easy. Like yeah. Sometimes you hear it and you just know. That's, yep, yeah. that's right. going in the library. Got I don't it. want to hear Got that it. again. Yeah. I feel like sometimes with the songs that we do on Where My Girl's At, at like the intro song, some of them, I'm like, immediately, I know I don't like this. Or yeah. immediately... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> or immediately like download. Like I feel like we have those two extremes. Mm-hmm. I don't think there we really do very often songs that are like in between, like where maybe like I kind of feel like we just go to We have strong feelings. Yeah, we, like, have, we have strong feelings strong either feelings. way. And I think it's very glad uh, very good that we're doing this episode because Camille, also a person with very strong feelings. I was gonna um, say I think I'm gonna fit in just oh, I think you're gonna fit in perfectly here. Yeah. Um guys, hello everybody. We have a very, very special episode. We have our another crossover episode of Where My Girls At. So if you listen to Where My Girls At, you know, or if you don't listen to Where My Girls At, you don't know, but our podcast is a podcast about black women in hip hop mm-hmm. and does it hold up? And if you don't listen to Does It Hold Up, our podcast is about celebrating pretty much all of black culture like we talk about all of the black movies and tv shows that you love but honestly we also talk about albums that are canon in like black culture and we talk about a lot of like black culture black pop cultural moments on does it hold up um but we wanted to bring together um our hosts of those podcasts um camille and brie and we're missing Lyndon, but of course she's here with us in spirit we love her um but we wanted to bring together all of us to talk about um you know, some some very, I think, formative albums and interesting, like, moments in female rap over the decades because, like we said many, many times on Does It Hold Up, I'm sorry, oops, look, I'm already messing up. Like we said many, many times on Where My Girl's At, it is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. This is the 50th anniversary year. And so June, as we know, is Black Music Month. And so we thought, what better way to like ring in Black Music Month than to bring together these two podcasts that celebrate Black culture as a part of our brand, Textured Air, and just really talk about like definitive albums in like Black female rap 
culture from like every decade really of hip hop so far. And so that's what we're doing in as a way to celebrate, um, you know, Black Music Month. And I'm really excited. And I'm really happy to have you both here. Um, but before we do that, like we always do, how's it going, guys? What's up? Are you listening to anything new? Did everybody see The Little Mermaid? Did everybody watch Succession? Let's talk about it. No spoilers on Succession. I've been squirreling okay, it up. Fair. I've been squirreling it up. But fair. I do want to see The Little Mermaid. I need to. That's on my list of movies mm-hmm. that I got to go see in theaters. But no, things are good. I need to listen to Summer Walker's album, too. That's also on my, like... Mm. list of things yeah. to listen to do you watch. have strong feelings about summer walker i enjoy her i like her music um i think her last couple of albums like over it still over it were really great albums so mm. i'm interested to hear what is on this new album and i also need to watch the carisha episode too yes, i feel like those need okay. to pair in sync as well <laughs> i was gonna talk about the carisha please episode but you haven't seen it so that's fine have you seen it camille the carisha please I have episode seen it. Yes, okay I was it good yes. i actually really like the album as well like mm. you could say a lot about summer walker and let me tell you i said it i'm not yeah. gonna lie but <laughs> you can never say she's untalented you can never say she can't 100 those words have never come out of my mouth yeah you know, I, what i love about her what i'm starting to love about her is just how honest she is like mm. Honest enough to be like, yeah, I said that that stupid shit before, and it was wrong, and yep. to owning that, which I really can always mm. appreciate about her. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I've always felt like I don't know what it is, but Summer Walker just doesn't seem like my vibe. Okay. You know, like I've enjoyed some of the songs, but I've never like gone out of my way to listen to like the full albums of Summer mm. Walkers because I was just like, I don't know what it is about her music, but it just doesn't feel like me you know Mm. um but people have been saying like they like this and then i think it's been a real polarizing like like project because some people have been saying they hate it um so i I have a theory about that i think miss girl is is having some growth Mm. i think are her fans who are not liking the album or not in a place yet where they're ready yeah but i like it there's some themes about like generational um you know, just getting like weird bad advice from your from your mamas and your aunties. Yep. And, your, and then like being a woman yourself and having to like sort through that and figure yep. out what's real and what's not, which I mm. that's very relatable. So yeah, uh, I actually really I really enjoyed it. And I, like I said, I kinda like you, I'm not really a I don't always go out of my way to listen to along Yeah, that's interesting. I kinda I love cool. that. Um The Little Mermaid was fire. Oh, you saw it? Okay. Oh, I saw it on Friday night. We got high as hell and went to the yes. theater. And we saw that shit in three fucking D. All I have to say is, I mean, there's no way to spoil it because it's The Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah. I just, it was, there was something about it. There was like a moment when I was in the theater like, oh my God. Like this black woman is really aerial. And it just like, it really floored me. Like I felt so warm and like cozy and very warm and fuzzy watching it. Cause like one, she just, she's just phenomenal in the role and I think Mm -hmm. it's like it was perfectly cast but I just I I don't know it was just like very beautiful to watch I think overall it just made me feel like very warm and very fuzzy and I just I just loved it like I just had such a like a a shocking like oh my god I can't believe this is real time in the theater like watching it like it, it, it just hit me like this is crazy 
That's so nice. I feel like, you know, that's uh, not healing, but like affirming for the little black girl that you were growing up. Right. And it's so cool that I think that a lot of little black girls now get to experience a lot more exposure and it's more normal to see themselves on screen from dolls to uh, coloring books, you know, like all the things. So I think this is like such a at, like you said, like a warm, fuzzy feeling of it like, really we did it, Joe. Like, we did on. it, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was really great. I really love that. Um, what about you, Camille? Um, oh my gosh, I love that. I have to go see. Um, I love that too, that it's just like the Little Mermaid. It's not like, here's the Black Little Mermaid or like, right. true. the new version, like they're just the little marketing it mer- as like, this mer-nigger. is the Little Mermaid. And this Period. Is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck up, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yes what have i been listening to i've been watching um i did i did watch succession i I did tune in Mm -hmm. so there's that but we're gonna we'll save it we'll save it we'll save it (laughs) we don't want to spoil it for you we don't want to spoil it for you but i will say not surprised but i I don't want to spoil it for you don't want to spoil it for you Things went the way that I thought it would. Yep. Um, I've been listening to the Kitchen Meaning album a lot. Ooh, what do you oh, think I gotta of it? Listen to that. Yes, it's okay. So I lo- I'm loving this conversation because what first listen, I was not disappointed. Yeah. I think I was just surprised. It was just yeah. different than what I thought. I had an idea in my head of like, I know what Kitchen Abba songs sound like. Right. I know what Amine sounds like on dance songs because he has songs with like disclosure mm. and stuff. Yeah. And then I kind of was expecting them to like meld that together, and instead mm-hmm. they did like. A totally different thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a very summary. Listen, I think so. After yeah. the first listen, I was like, oh, just because I was surprised. And then the second listen, I said, oh, I love this. Okay. Um, so I'm mm. just playing it. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Miss, uh, I think you say it's Amare. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I don't know how you pronounce that. Oh, no. I don't know how you pronounce it, but Miss Girl, on every song that she's on, is a star. Like, I am so, mm. I don't know where she came from. I, I don't know where like where I first heard her, but then one day I was like, yeah, I don't like, either. Looking at my like songs, and I was like, oh, I really you fuck with her. I think the song that she is on on the Katrina album is the best song on the album. I okay, okay. I listened to it only once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, this is interesting, you know, because yeah. I've only recently gotten into Katrina. Okay. Um. So I was like, okay, this is interesting because I like Amine and I do like what Kaytrinata does. I I kind of like you, Camille, went in with like an idea of what I thought it was going to sound like mm-hmm. with them melding melding those sounds together, and it it kind of I'm not gonna say disappointed me. It was just it just surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So I think um I'll go back. I'm gonna obviously go back and give it another listen because I do think it's like really great, like summery, perfect summertime music. Okay. Um, but overall, I was just like, this is interesting, a little bit different than I thought. It sounds like Kaytrinata really wants to work with more rappers. I think I read an interview once where he was saying that like a Good. lot of rappers have turned down his beats. Um, Why? Why? They just, Why? Just, you know, it's a little too advanced. <laughs> too advanced. <laughs> Some of them niggas. Yeah, right. You know, we'd, be, we'd be switching up the time signature. We'd be mm. singing the groove a little bit. Yeah. Um, but oh, but I love that. Like, I love it. And I think this album sounds like, you know, I really want, I can yeah. do this. Like, people can rap mm. over these beats. Like, they can. Yeah. And good mm. for him. Um, nice. Okay. So let's get into some hot topics. Girl, Mona Leo had her baby. 
Mona Leo had her baby. Finally popped. She had her baby. That lady has been looking pregnant as hell since she announced the pregnancy. And good for her. But, like, she had a little baby boy. And she gave birth at home. She had, like, a natural home birth. I did see the video. I did see that. I did see that. I was, was like, more power to her. Because baby couldn't be me. Could it the drugs. be me? The drugs. I would ask drugs. for them as soon as I felt like a contraction. I would say, load me up. Oh. I don't want to feel I don't want to feel Whoa. shit. I actually work with a girl who told me that her sister has a tradition that when they're on the way, like when she's on the way to give birth, she asks for a blunt. Because at that point, <laughs> think about it. At that point, what damage can you really do? Oh my God, it's already <laughs> done. It's already <laughs> done. She's like, give me my blunt. Let me get my mind right. Oh my God. <laughs> Shit. If I ever have a baby, I might have to do that. That um, is a wild. But no, she looks happy though. Um, Kind of go- jumping a little bit. Like she had, she did a music video right before she was, um, she gave birth for, it's crazy um, to me. We split her. Yeah. I was yeah. like, girl. <laughs> Down. <laughs> like go sit down and eat some Cheez Its. Like be yeah. on bed rest, girl. It's... Not on go time. Like right. you are pregnant and about to pop. Are you gonna do a fucking music video? They were like, we need it now. <laughs> we need it now. But you know what? Good for her. Um. Okay. Wait. Can y'all tell me? Because my old ass. You know, I'm getting up there. Who is who is this man? Who's stunner number four? Vegas. So good question. He's like one I don't of, know. He's one of the baby's <laughs> artists. See, that's why I don't know. And he had, like, a run, I want to say, in, like, 2019. And he had, like, a couple of songs with, like, um, what's his name? Black, um, Black Youngsta or something like that. Oh, yes, I remember. I remember. Um, And the baby, obviously. So, like, he had, like, a run in 2019, I feel like. But he, I haven't heard anything new recently. No. Okay. No. Happy happy for them. Yeah. They seem happy, though. They seem happy. Um, but that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> that's all I'll that's that on that. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it very positive. Um, okay, so Megan the Stallion got two wax figures at Madame Tussauds in Vegas. And can we talk about how they are just like getting it right finally? Because these fucking wax figures, They're oh too baby, good. they are too good. Got the nails right, got the weave right, got the ass right, like yes. everything is looking right on her wax figures. And mm-hmm. that just, to me, like, I don't know what it is about that. I feel like it just cements her, like, status. You know, mm. her celebrity, True. like, superstar status. That they did yes. your wax figure right. Okay? Yeah. And mm. didn't give you, like, a fucked up one first. Because remember those Beyonce wax figures back in the day? <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that was supposed to be. Yeah no she looked good she looked good and i I enjoyed seeing the twitter reactions um to her as well and they were like meg every time she finds out she's a celebrity again and she's like (laughs) super super duper shocked like what's this who's this what what was going on (laughs) have no idea having no idea no Um, but it looks good yeah this uh this uh, this next thing it kind of was like so petty but i want to talk about it because i think it's like i think we need to we just have to talk about so Maya the Don was like caught a bit of heat after on an IG live after saying she would like a feature from Cardi B over Nicki. And so obviously like people started going in on her like, oh, oh my God, like that's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to be like, oh, you know, they're both great. They're both this and that. I think we need to put this to rest. 
I it's time to let this shit the fuck go. Nikki has beefed with like eight other people since Cardi B. I feel mm-hmm. like that's not even her biggest beef at the moment. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I and I just think like it did it does it didn't matter what she would have said on that live, somebody would have been mad at her. And I just right. I just think we gotta let that shit go where we're trying to get every rap girl to like choose a side between these two women. When I I feel like there there are more factions than that even yeah. than than Cardi B versus Nicki Minaj like these women I just feel like it's it, they're they're in completely different worlds at this point in their careers and we gotta mm-hmm. let this shit go because it's just it's irritating at this point you know mm-hmm. yeah no it's really Nicki versus the world right and like but also <laughs> Nicki and the Barb's versus the world the world now be but... careful because we do have a Barb here so oh. just so you know. Camille, old school, <laughs> don't you dance. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I would really call myself, I can't officially identify as a Barb. I feel like I may be like a liaison to the Barbs. Like, <laughs> you know, if the Barbs had their own reality show, I would be a friend of. Oh, a friend of. Friend of. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Retired you Barb. Know, just a, lot, a lot of the Barbs that I know personally are, have been very kind and sweet to me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. and, and then they, they get on the internet have, and start leaking people's social security numbers. And yeah, and then when it comes to that, you know, I can't, that's why I can't, like, I'm not doing that. Right. No, no. But I, you know, do I get into a very spirited, you know, verbal debate every now and then? Surely. I can't say, <laughs> I can't say I don't. I feel um, like I used to, but I can't anymore. But what do you guys think it's about hard. this? I mean, it's just, at this point, anyone doing it, like, so, like, did she say, was it like exact quote, like, I'd rather have, or did she just, I think she read it. I think she read it out loud and then she said Cardi. Like, so she read the question out loud and so then Mm -hmm. she said Cardi. And so then, of course, that obviously like ignites the barbs. Like, how dare you? You'll never be shit. How dare you? Also, people can have preferences. People can have preferences. Yeah. Because they're both from the Bronx. Like, Cardi Mm -hmm. and Maya are both from the Bronx. So I I get it. They have like a very similar flavor to them. You're right. Right. Yeah, I just think, like you said, these two women are not, I don't even think they're their biggest mm-hmm. issue at the moment. They no. got these kids, the kids to feed and raise. It's too see, many of kids. Did you see Culture's lunches? Child, she be eating good. Cardi is busy. Cardi is she's, very busy. She's, she's making dino nuggets, cutting oranges. Did you see that baby's food? They said she'd be passed out on the playground every since. <laughs> and you know what? I <laughs> bet she is. <laughs> That's Same. how you're supposed to be, okay? You eat good. That's how you know yes. you eat good. But they are just, first of all, it doesn't matter. Nikki's not doing the song with Maya the Don because Nikki wants numbers right now. That's why she's doing songs with people like Kim Petras and anyone else who's had a number mm. one song this year. You know? Yeah, bro. And I just don't think Maya's on the level to get a feature from either one of them at this not point. Not yet. Not yet. No, yeah. but yes. you know what? I love that she's dreaming big. As you should. You You gotta manifest with the shit that you want in your life. 100%. Um, Okay, so Lil' Kim was on a special cover of Double XL because obviously, like I said, it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop and they're doing everything they can to celebrate um, hip-hop like icons. And she said that her book, the book that was supposed to drop like two or three years ago um, is is coming and a documentary are coming soon. Now, Mm -hmm. what does soon mean? I don't know. But personally, I feel like Lil' Kim just has tea to spill. Like, if anybody has tea, 
about the industry in the 90s and the early 2000s, it's Lil' Kim. And I feel like, I feel like what does she have to lose at this point to, 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 to like not spill that shit? Like, mm-hmm. what, what, like, I feel like you should just tell it all. Like, I want this to really be a tell all. Like, I, we need somebody to shake this shit up again. And I, I think she could do it with her stories. Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely interested. I'm also curious to know who's who's probably helping her write as well. Like, who's going to help tell the story? Like, I'm sure she has the ideas and things she wants to say, but who's going to really who's going to thread the needle here you know and like writer. pull it all together? Yeah, <laughs> like you know, she's a ghostwriter for a book. Like everybody does when they do these tell-all books. Yeah, yeah, they always have ghostwriters yeah. as they should. Um, yeah. Oh, please, begging you. Please. <laughs> some of those, some of y'all need ghostwriters. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. There is just no way that Sean Combs comes out of this unscathed. And that's that what I'm thinking about. Exactly. That is what I was thinking about. That is the first person who came to mind. Because well, the gears, my gears are already turning. Because you know, apparently she has been writing this book. It was supposed to come out a little while ago. Yeah. I think mm. it is no coincidence that he has put himself back in our faces. He's dating Carisha. Mm. He's having fun. I think that he knows. You know, there's gonna be some shit. There's gonna be some explosive shit. And 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 you know what? Conspiracy theory. What Mm. if he was the one who blocked it? Because this book was supposed to come out several years ago. What if he blocked it? I wouldn't put it past. I wouldn't put it past him. What if he blocked it? Mm -hmm. It I don't know. I'm just saying shit. I'm just saying shit off the top of my head. But I just think like while we're saying shit, I think that Jason Lee. And Diddy are involved in a romantic <laughs> While we're saying it, while we're just saying stuff. What? <laughs> Can you elaborate? Yeah, I was like, I would like to know more. Where do you get this inkling? Well, I was watching Jason Lee's horrible show because Chloe, for some reason. Why would why does she go on that show? I don't know. Why does she do a lot of things? But That's she a good was, question. She was on that Jason Lee show, giving him his time of day, and he was just getting on my nerves. And then I was actually now telling tales, but I, then I remembered how a couple years ago, do you remember a couple years ago that it was like this neo soul singer Jaguar that came out and she just was like, she made this long video basically giving the tea on anyone who was big in hip hop or neo no. in the like 90s, early 2000s. Mainly she came on here to talk about that rat, Talib Kweli. Yep. And spill his tea. And she said, and while I'm at it, she was, I was exiled from the like neo soul community. And I know this about this person, that person. But one of the things she said was that Christopher Williams of the song, Don't Wake Me, I'm Dreaming, if you're yep. familiar. I remember. She of, said uh, she more famously of the Pillow Talk episode of Real Housewives <laughs> of Atlanta. Um, <laughs> more famous than, than that. Jaguar said that she walked into Diddy's office once and saw Christopher Williams giving that Gawk Gawk 3000 to diddy right and you want to know what it's it it all tracks because they were all working at uptown records exactly um, and i just feel like jason lee christopher williams and not to incriminate i'll be sure but what is going on there we've never understood like why did he just raise i'll be sure's son like that i don't get it like, what, what's, like the, what's the whole thing with him raising that kid well, well i don't know those three men just have a very similar aesthetic if you ask me you it's think they all got, fucking it, it's given i've got a type and I, I just don't no understand. I just don't understand another reason to validate like. Jason Lee by giving him a show on Revolt. Like he's just not I did not know that show was on Revolt, but that kind of Is makes it, sense. Did Al be? Was he with Kim? Yes, that is that's him. What, that's yeah, him okay. and Kim's son. Right, the, right, right, the right, light right. skin okay. one. That's mm-hmm, him and Kim's mm-hmm. son. 
But uh, why? Quincy. Ha- Qu- uh, yeah. But why has Diddy raised him like his daddy is not fully alive and well? That is so And true. also, I'll be sure. Like, I don't think this nigga is broke. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's just what I think. Tea. This but is quite interesting. I'm just, um, I'm just a guest. We just, <laughs> just sprinkle some conspiracy. <laughs> we love a little bit. Of, we love a little bit of conspiracy. Okay, I do. This too. is all alleged. Um, and that's and that's all we can say. It might yes. be true. I think just wait until the album comes out. Let's talk about um Koi Lorey. Um, her second album Koi is dropping next month, June twenty third. Um, and. Lola Brooke is featured on it. Saucy Santana, Giggs, James Brown. Um, what is the uh, David Guetta? And then who is Skilling being that um, Caribbean guy? Um, I don't really listen to um, his music, but I have to say I am actually excited about this Coil Ray album because I feel like she has evolved and mm-hmm. changed so much as an artist since she first released that um, that first album. Mm-hmm. And really with every release, I think she's just getting better as an artist. And I, I actually like her music now. Like I enjoy the work that she's putting out. And I'm, I'm kind of really excited about this album. And I think we might have a Song of the Summer contender on. Oh, you think so? That's I, a- I do. Okay. I do. I do. What do you think about that? I'm trying to think, okay, yeah, because I was like, the last album, or the album that she released before this, I remember we said it was way too long. Yeah. And it looks like she was able to cut this down a bit, so I'm excited about that. But mm-hmm. she looks good. She looks good. The the songs that are featured on here, like Players, um, Bops, I already like. So I like Bops, yes. Yeah, so I'm already excited. Um, but I think this will be a good um sophomore album for her to be able to say like hey like I can kind of submit myself in my own lane here in the Mm -hmm. industry Mm -hmm. um so I'm curious to see what it will come out I don't know about some of the summer though I don't know okay but we shall see uh what about you Camille what do you think I'm actually really excited too I like Coilere I there's several songs by her that I really enjoy my only thing that makes me nervous is I think once you get a taste of that TikTok yeah whatever the sh- it is you can't like or whoever's behind you can't help but try and do it again so i'm really hoping it's not full of just like very obvious attempts at tiktok success mm-hmm. um, but other than that like i'm really excited very um other things the barbie soundtrack is was announced callie and you know what shout out to callie Shout out to Callie. Yes. I said it was going to be a big year for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I said that when I did. Callie is on the Barbie soundtrack. Ice Spice is on the Barbie soundtrack. And Nicki Minaj are on the Barbie soundtrack. Now, there are more Barbie. It says more Barbies and Kens to be announced. And it's produced by Mark Ronson. So, I mean, who knows what that could mean? Like, there could be more people on the soundtrack. But, um, yeah, it looks like Nicki and Ice Spice have another collab coming on the Barbie soundtrack. And it's like, of course, like, it, I don't understand how you can't release a Barbie movie and not have a, a song by Nicki Minaj on it. Like, it just doesn't track. Of course. It mm-hmm. doesn't track. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but deeply excited about that and I'm very happy for Callie. Same, same. I think this will be, I think this will be really good for her to continue to launch her ahead this year for being like an up and coming artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also excited 
Lizzo, I think Lizzo being on this will be also really fun too. Yeah, Lizzo's um, gonna be album. great. Mm-hmm. Lizzo's perfect for this. Um, so I mean, the other things like Doja Cat says she's not going on tour with the new album coming out, which broke my heart. But like, I get it. But let's talk about new music. <sighs> okay, I think we should start with Mona Leo's EP. So I did listen to it. And here's what I have to say. Hmm. So what I think. Hmm. What I think about this album, about this EP or this project or whatever, I think the lines between like EP and album are blurred so often and, 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 we don't really know how to judge a, a body of work um, as, you know, as what it is. But so I'm going to consider it just as an EP and saying this isn't her debut album, but it's just a debut project of her. And it felt all over the place, you know, and I think it felt a little bit rushed. And I wish she had spent more time and really waited. I wish I can see, I can feel you know, her going through these growing pains as an artist on this album, and it is painful to listen to. Um, But you mean, they don't call it growing pains for no reason. Like, she is changing as an artist. She's not the same girl from beating down your block. And I don't know what it is that she feels she has to prove. I don't know what what message she is trying to go for, trying to give. I don't, I don't know what direction she's trying to go toward as a rapper, as an artist. Um, but this is all over the place, and I don't think this is the best effort that she could have put out. Um, I there weren't really there wasn't really anything that stood out to me. It it was very like just chaotic and not in a good listenable way. It felt like I said just very rushed and not in a like I, I and but I could feel I just I don't know there is something about it that also feels so young. And, and also so like, but not in a youthful way, young in an immature, not fun way, young in a, you know, like there's some growing up she still needs to do as an artist kind of way. Um, I just feel like the songs where she was singing and it was kind of poppy felt a bit very generic and, and the song, like the goddess song with Flo Millie, like this is not what I was expecting from a Flo Millie Mona Leo collab, a pair that I think works really well together. Like I just, um, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in the project and I just think there is a lot that she needs to do as an artist to like really find her sound and really like kind of cement herself in, you know, the, the game in that way. So those are my, sanitized thoughts about this album because <laughs> i mean like i like her she, i like her i like some of the music she puts out she seems like a very good person but this shit was trash and i just had to say that but what did you guys think about it i can go um i mean i didn't listen to the whole album yet but i can resonate with what you were saying of it feeling a little bit over all over the place i don't think beating down your block needed to be on this um, yeah i don't get that why was that on there? Um, but I think you're right that she has a lot more maturing to do as an artist. 
you can see, I think, the talent she has from her writing ability, but it needs to be uh, polished a little mm. bit more. Yeah. And I think that will come with time. But like I said, I haven't listened to the um, album or EP in its entirety, so I can't speak to it fully. Mm. But I think she does need to find what um, where she wants to be as like a rap girl yeah. um, as a coming up as a rap girl yeah um because i think beating down the block beating down your block and then like some of the other like singles she's like released um mm-hmm. between this time have been different than what she's been showcasing on this ep which is like i guess fair to want to experiment and like right. see what sticks but i think there's again more maturing and polishing that has to be done um from yeah this point. i agree i agree yeah, I completely agree with what you both are saying. I there wasn't anything that like really stood out to me besides the songs that were already, you know, that we already know from her. Um and I was just waiting for something on the album or the EP to get me as excited yep. as those yep. songs do. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like I'm ex- I am really excited to see like in a couple years like what she is doing and where she is. Exactly. Um cuz I don't really encounter her music like out in the world a lot mm, uh, yeah but i see her a ton like, right looks 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 always looking lovely always looking gorgeous um so yeah i don't know i'm excited to see what like if there's a way we could finally like meld all that together so that it doesn't feel separate it just feels like one big star i think she just needs like help you know, I was about to say she needs help. She needs like a uh, like a mentor or yeah. something. Some Where's a producer Tiana take Taylor? her. Where's Tiana Taylor? Tiana Taylor well, Summer, needs Summer to Walker. Add her. She's she, Summer Walker she right needs now. To add her to the roster. She needs to add Mona Leo to the roster because I told you um, when I saw her opening for Flo Millie um, on Flo Millie's tour, I had the same thoughts that a lot of people say about Summer Walker: no stage presence, none. She called people up onto stage, Mona Leo, to rap Beam Down Your Block, and they had more stage presence than she did. And that was embarrassing no. to watch. Yeah, it really does hurt. And I just think she needs help. I think she, and I, and I do remember, or, or like, we have to remember, she's just turned 21, 22. Like, yeah, she's, she's young. She's young, like, very mm-hmm. young. So there is so much time to grow. And totally. I'm trying to give her grace, like, everybody get, or like, people did not give to the city girls when they needed it and then look and now look at them so Bro. i'm gonna give her some room to grow mm-hmm. i'm gonna give her grace i'm not gonna give up on her um or her music you know we're gonna yeah. give her some time to grow i wish that she was on the barbie soundtrack like i wish that she was giving Ooh, something worthy yeah. of that right because like she's barbie you know what she I mean? really like, is she though feels like she really it is. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe in a couple of years though. Maybe in Barbie mm-hmm. Two, <laughs> Escape from Barbie Land. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about Pound Town Two. So random, but I have. I mean, I. This is my favorite Nicki Minaj. This is the Nicki Minaj that I love. Not the angry. Uh, you know. <laughs> All these bitches are my sons, Nicki Minaj. I like the fun Nicki who is just having fun with her flow, who's having fun with her rhymes, who is laughing, who's having a good time in the studio. Like you can tell in Nicki Minaj's music when she is in the studio having a good time or when she is in the studio like angry and upset and trying to like 
prove something when she mm-hmm. is not a person who has something to prove at this point in her career. I right. loved it. I don't know about y'all, but I fucking love it. And I have not stopped listening to it. She said, booty hole wax down. And I said, me too. Like, I really <laughs> related to that. <laughs> I really felt that one. <laughs> I don't know. Nicki Minaj, I think I've said this multiple times. I don't know. They just don't hit the same to me as they used mm-hmm. to hit. So I wasn't necessarily like enamored with it to Fair. be honest but i mean i don't know the song still hits in general so yeah i mean pound town too like oh my gosh i mean just like sexy red like i said before she's just doing the damn thing like she's having a wonderful time silly girl music all summer being silly and having a great time <laughs> um what did you think about it camille no, I really like it too. I yeah. agree with you. It's just really fun. Like exactly. I, um, I hate to take it to this place. But I think that when she's on songs with other women, that's when it the that I need to prove myself thing kind of happens. And mm. I think a lot of songs that she if she's on songs with men, I think that's when she relaxes and has fun because she knows. But this is a song with a woman. That's really true. That's really true. Um, but I really like it. I was having fun. I'm already hearing it all over the place. Yep. And maybe it's everywhere, like I, and I feel like that hasn't happened for a while. That like a with Nikki song, song yeah. Out, and I'm hearing it already. All mm. I feel like normally what happens lately is I'll hear the song and be like, oh, I'm not sure. And exactly. Then because I'm hearing it so much, I'm like, all right, I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's this, what happened with the yeah. Princess Diana remix. I was not feeling it, and then I kept hearing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Was there anything else on here that stood out for you guys that you want to talk about? Um, um, did you like the City Girl song? You know what? I expressly did not like the City Girl song. And I want that nigga to stay as far away from this album as humanly possible. If he is in the studio, get him out. I do not want Diddy on the new City Girls album. You know I he's want them be to on the get, album. I yeah. want them to get away from this man. Get stay away from them. Get a job. <laughs> yeah, I do not. I'm very he's annoying on the song. Like that's what it is. Like he's very annoying. I found myself, you know, sounding like Shug Knight. I said, if you want a producer who's not up in the videos, not, I said because this is just oh, annoying. Wait. Like this isn't about you. It's just giving old man. I and was... why was fabulous on this song too? Like Ooh, where yeah. did he come from? Yeah, that felt random. Where did he Ooh, come tomato, from? Where did it come from? Diddy was like, wait, the let me butter. let me go call up someone someone That's real quick. This person to call. Like of yeah. all people you could have called, you call Fabulous? Yeah. Nobody else has answered for your ass? I wonder. Right. Why. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was I it would have been better minus the men on this for me. Because um, all you need is the city girls. Yeah. Like I don't need Fabulous. I don't need Diddy. All I need is the city girls. And the yeah. song would have been fine. Mm. Yeah. So we'll see. But, you know, new album coming soon. soon allegedly. So, allegedly. I mean, so, I believe her. I, she I, says, but I believe her. I mean, I, I'd be surprised that they don't have this song of the, of the summer on yeah. this album. I want to talk about this Carrie Faux song with Gangsta Boo. Did you listen to this one? White Caprice? I did. I really love Carrie Faux. Okay, do you? Yeah. Okay, because I don't listen to Carrie Faux a lot. 
Yeah. But I listened to this song in particular from her tape and I am obsessed with it. Yeah. I I love it so much. And like, rest in peace to Gain Sabu. I just am thinking now about the comeback that she was about to have, you know, that just got cut short. Because I'm yeah. hearing in this verse, like, she really does sound charged up, like, again. And I, I love this song. I love this song. I really do. What did you think about the song, Tamika? I really love the song. I think it's a beautiful homage to Gangsta Boo. I just, like I said, I was excited about this um, this mixtape coming out. I really, really, really like Carrie Fo. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like other rappers in that vein, like Jungle Pussy and like, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know. I like to call them like, like Santa Golds. Like, yeah. <laughs> to Santa Golds, like these, children. Like all, like, yeah, these like all black girls who, you know, kind of blur the, um, what's it called? genre i want to say gender and that's not what i meant yeah uh, the genre lines um i i love this song i think the tape is is really good in general okay did you yeah. listen to this one brie yeah i think i listened to it briefly it didn't really catch my eye too much but mm-hmm. i want to go back and listen to it based off of you all's glowing reviews and also <laughs> listen to the mixtape as well because i think i like some of this genre of like rapping and like like you said uh, you know like the blending of genres as mm-hmm. well so i think it would be helpful to listen to it completely as the mixtape. yeah you know? what about this glow rilla song what do we think about it because I enjoyed it. I loved I it. it. I fucking I love this song. I like yes. the video too. The video was so good. Yes. <laughs> she, I was like, you are having so much fun. Again, download immediately. Yes. I was like, this is it. I was like, Glow looks like she's having so much fun with her friends. She's just like, let's just again go into like a gas station. Like think about Glow time. She is gonna have fun with her girls. Okay. Yes. yes. They gonna be ghetto and um and wonderful, and I love every minute of it. Same, same. <laughs> every minute of it. Um, yeah, she nah. looks amazing in this video. Don't she? Yes. Don't she so look good? good? Got a little choreo. She busts out. It's okay. Okay. I was yeah, like, okay, denim. <laughs> no, it was very fun. Now I want to talk about this Kitsch Krieg featuring Ken the Man song that has me by the throat. Um, this song, what is it called? Um, body, waist, lips, face. Um, I, I, did you guys listen to this one? I did. I thought it was. I was floored. I loved it. I said, okay, so Ken can do house. Like she can do dance music. Like she can, she can really get into that genre. I am obsessed with this song. And it just goes, just goes to say what I have said about Ken the man. She just needs the right people behind her. And I think this is a producer that she needs to lock in with. Really? I yeah. wasn't a fan of the song like really? that. But also, I think, like, House can be really, like, hit or miss for me. So yeah, that, fair, I think, that, I think that also plays into it. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite kind of Okay, song. interesting. Okay, so should <laughs> we get into our main topic? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so guys, we're going to go through, and I picked one to two albums from every decade of women in hip-hop, and we're just going to, like, give our thoughts on the album and talk about, like, if we have standouts from the album and ask if they hold up or not. So we're starting with the 80s uh, with Light as a Rock from MC Light. And so Light as a Rock, this is what it says on Wikipedia, is the debut studio album by American hip-hop recording artist MC Light released in 1988 from Atlantic Records and was produced by Prince Paul, Audio 2, and King of Chill and his group um, Alliance. 
Um, Light as a Rock debuted at number 63 on the top black album charts, because that's what it used to be called. And um, in 1988, it peaked at number 50, spending 16 weeks on the chart. And despite not having much commercial success, it was a very good evaluation by critics since its publication has been, um, um, it, and since its publication, it's been considered one of the best and most important rap albums in history, mainly due to its influence on the subsequent work of other female rappers. Now, this was, as we said before, this was the first full female rap album, like commercial album ever to be put out. And MC Light was the first female rapper to ever put out like a full rap album so i want to know what you guys thoughts were on this album like whether you listen to it in its entirety or not that's fine but what were your thoughts on the album and did you have any songs that were standouts for you first of all i'm still stuck on the black chart yeah i know <laughs> i can't get over that that's wild it's so crazy wild. because knowing um what we know about how the charts are already segregated um and racist and very um you know biased toward white people um it's interesting that they would just in 1980 just straight up call it you They're can't like, be, you can't be on the pop spade charts you can't be on the pop charts you're on the black album start you're on the like all of y'all just gonna be on the same and they don't do nah, nothing similar <laughs> except be niggas ain't nothing about their music the same <laughs> We're like, we're going to put all of y'all in the same category. We'll see what happens. Um, no, I listened to some of the, uh, this album. I bopped around a little bit. Sounds very 80s. Very 80s. Very 80s! Like, the intros of the song, the way that people are talking. Like, yes. very <laughs> 80s. Um, I'm trying to think if there was a couple of songs that stood out to me. I think it was, like, The Light as a Rock, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the more popular songs there. And then was it paper thin as well? Mm-hmm. I think I think something that we also need to do is like, how do we define does it hold up over time? Because mm. I'm not sure it necessarily does for, for you me, today. Well, for then that's your today. opinion. So because yeah, I don't I don't know. I also think about something that I was thinking about listening to this was like, has somebody else like sampled? the beats from this album as well in songs that I'm listening to today or like in the past like 15 years or so because it's been 35 years since this came out right and so and maybe they have but nothing that I've been able to see as a standout so that's my thoughts Mm, that's interesting I love that what do you think Camille I so I did listen to it in its entirety um but you know me I went and scrolled to the bottom it's like 38 minutes isn't I got 38 minutes <laughs> you said I got time uh, for that um I just loved it like mm. I was so it sounds like Bree is totally right it sounds so 80s yeah but there's things about that production that sound like music that reminds me of music today that's not necessarily hip-hop music oh like, that for that intro song the production is so wild. I was like, this sounds like hyper pop. Like this Ooh. sounds like a hundred gecks or something. It's just so like so much going on. That's um, and it just sounded very maximalist, which is yeah. a lot of the music that I listen to today. Yeah. So I was like really drawn to the production. And and eighties feels very maximalist. In, right. In, the eighties is in, very that's a good point. Yeah. And I think that's has a lot to say about where we are and like the cyclical 
cycle of, of, of music. Health. Yeah, exactly. Like I think we are in a bit of a maximalist era when it comes to music anyway, um, because some of that 80s sound is coming back. But I just loved it. Like the production is so kind of wild and crazy, but you mm. never lost like she never got lost yeah. in that. She yeah. sounds so just like confident. Yeah. Like 10% disc is like a legendary disc. Right. But, like That was my standout. And it still holds up. Like, yeah. we, what I loved about it is that it was a disc that was so focused on the music. Right. And it, to me, sounded just as, like, a, it was just as effective as, like, a disc that you hear today. Right. That's talking so much about people's personal lives or revealing people's children and whatever. And it right. didn't even go there. It was just, like, you steal beats, bitch. Yeah. And I'm going to call you out, which I just thought was so, yeah. so great. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Did you have any other standouts besides 10%, 10% disc or was that your one? That was my, my one that really stood out. I love that. Yeah. I'm really into that intro. I was just so like. Love it. Just not expecting all of those sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and my only issue I think is, I don't know. I feel like she's, MC Light has kind of been left out of some of these 50. Yep. Like you were at the Grammys up True. in the booth announcing yep. shit. But I remember that she didn't come down. Nope. And then to be reminded that this is the first yep. Like, yep. female rap album ever, essentially. Yep. It's weird. It's it like, sucks. I feel like they think because it sounds so 80s that people won't be drawn to but, it. But, 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 but that's I, the point. I think that's interesting, though, that you say that because, like, who did they bring out or who could they have brung out at the Grammys or in these celebrations? Like they're going to be bringing out mm. people like KRS-One, Big Daddy right. Kane. Mm-hmm. They're going to be bringing yep. out Eric B and Rakim. So if they can come out and do it, then they should be bringing out MC Light. They should yes. be bringing out Salt and Pepper. They should be yep. bringing out like Roxanne Shantae. Like you, these are pioneers for right. the sound, mm. not just for women in the sound, but for the sound in general. Yep, um, yep. And I think that was what um, my my thing about it was, was like very hard bars, but the bars feel very 80s. You know what I mean? Much, yeah. much, much longer songs. Like, but I mean, yes. they was just spitting back then. Like, it was just like, let's just go, you know, like, let's just go, like put her in there and let's just go. And I do think like she sounded very confident and very clear and very sure of who she was as an MC when I listened to this. and. I think that was interesting to me because like, like you said, like MC light is not a person who is, is celebrated often in, in hip hop. And so when I think of her music, I don't like, I I don't really think of her music. So it it was like, it was interesting to hear. Well, I wonder if that's also just like a generational thing too. Cause it's like, cause it's like, I can go back to like, obviously we're going to talk about the nineties next. Mm-hmm. And that's like, okay, this sounds familiar. I can remember my dad playing this in the exactly. car. Right. Like, you know, there's some type of um, nostalgia to it versus this is a little bit further back where it doesn't kind of hit the same, I think. So I think there's also a generational gap. That's that could be, out. that could be. And hip hop is still so new in the eighties, you know, still yes. figuring itself out. It reminds me a lot of when we, for does a hold up, watched sister act. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have someone like Whoopi Goldberg, who's obviously an amazing actor, but we've been alive for like a different era of her. Exactly. Like we know her as like a host and like other, like 
a, a figure that like is transcended the acting, but it's almost yep. makes me feel like we need to then revisit her movies more. Yeah, that's how I felt here. I'm like, we know MC Light as this like great announcer, as someone mm-hmm. we know as a figure in hip hop history, but we don't get to see it a lot. No, nope. I'm like, I feels like even more pressing that we need to <laughs> get exactly. into it now and so. remind people. Um, so yeah, so let's move on to the 90s. So we're going to talk about two albums for the 90s, and that is Lil' Kim's Hardcore and Foxy Brown's Il Nana. So let's start with Hardcore. Um, so I'm just going to read this from Wikipedia. So Hardcore is the debut studio album by Lil' Kim, released November 12, 1996, under Atlantic. Um, after achieving success with Junior, Junior Mafia and their album Conspiracy, the previous year she started working on her solo album with Notorious B.I.G., who served as the executive producer and performed on four of her songs. She collaborated with a number of producers on this, such as Puff Daddy. That's what it, he, that's what it says here. Sean Puff Daddy Combs, Stevie J, David Ski Willis, and Jermaine Dupree, among others, and other rappers like Jay-Z and Lil C's and Puff Daddy were featured on the album. The album was noto- notable for its overt, raunchy sexual tone and Kim's lyrical delivery, which is praised by music critics and is considered a classic album. It debuted at number 11 on the U.S. Billboard 200, the album's chart, and number three on the top R&B album's chart, selling 78,000 copies in its first week, while it reached number 26 on the Canadian album's chart. album was certified double platinum. So, I think for me, with this album, it's so, like, oh, this is where it really starts. You know, like, and, and I, I don't want to say that and, and eliminate all of the work that female rappers did before this, but it's like, oh, let's set this shit into high gear. Like, it's like in motion. Like, I don't care that this came out in 96. It, this is so indicative of like women in hip hop in the 90s. It's sexy. It's aggressive. It's like very dominant. Like, you know, um, like everything about this is like, what you want on a debut album to be like, I'm that bitch and I'm here. Um, and when I think about standout songs from this, I think about Big Mama Thing, Not Tonight, No Time, Crush On You, like it, like all the ones that are just literal classics, like on a debut album, to have that many classics, it, it's it's actually crazy. So it absolutely holds up, if you ask me. Same. I, I feel the same way. I think... Yeah, raunchy is just, like, the right word for this album. Like, it's straight up raunchy. She's saying whatever she wants to say on here. And I think also the amount of, like, collabs she had on here from Jay-Z, obviously Junior Mafia was huge um, Mm -hmm. in the 90s as well. I think it was just a home run of, like, a a debut album. Literally. Um, But, yeah, my my standouts were the same. Crushing on You, um, Not Tonight. I think Player Haters was also going. Oh, Queen Bitch um, as well. Amazing song. So, I think, yeah, I think this one holds up um, over the test of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a legendary album. It obviously holds up. Um, I think it's something that people need to revisit when they get up in arms about stuff sounding raunchy today. Yeah. Because, I'm sorry, this was a whole album. Yeah. Nowadays, you get like maybe once every every couple years, you get a song that really gets people right. like going. But it's mm-hmm. just like an entire project of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did like it made me gain even more respect for those women before them. Like you can't get to Lil Kim being able to say all of this stuff without MC Light on a song in the eighties talking right. about like 
mending corny. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just made me appreciate it a lot more than I already did, like, listening to it in this in this context. Because uh, I kind of went in order of all that I was listed. So it was just, like, I don't know. It just made me appreciate it even more and gave me a glimpse of, like, what it must have felt like at the time to be a woman. Right. And to hear something like this mm-hmm. in the same year as Adina Howard, in the same year as like it just mm, yeah, it's very yeah, cool. it's a lot. Yeah. There was a lot like it's the nineties, like it's it, ninety six. Think of like everything that was mm-hmm. coming out, like so yeah, it's it's really difficult. But I I agree. Um, so let's talk about Il Nana. So Il Nana is, and I'm so excited to talk about this album because people don't talk about it. Um, but Il Nana is the debut studio album of Foxy Brown, released November nineteenth, nineteen ninety six. Just a couple weeks after Lil' Kim's debut album by Def Jam Recordings. Um, uh, and then they added the song Big Bad Mama in 1997. Now, she began working on the album after she was discovered by production team, uh, production, uh, team Trackmasters, um, which is con- um, composed of Poke and Tone. Um, and then uh, she appeared on a number of singles from LL Cool J, Case, and Jay-Z. And um, they, she kind of was in a bidding war, and she was 17 years old when Def Jam, Def Jam won the bidding war and signed her. Um, and so Il Nana features guest appearances from Blackstreet, Havoc, Method Man, Kid Capri, and Jay-Z. Um, and lyrically, the album mainly focuses on themes of fashion, sex, and mafia. Um, Il Nana debuted at number seven on the Billboard 200, and in its first week, it sold 128 thousand copies and it is actually today sold over 1.4 million copies and it's certified platinum um three singles were released get home which peaked um number 42 the second i'll be which has had a lot of commercial success and it peaked at number seven on the billboard hot 100 and it became her highest charting single and it was ranked as number 52 on vh1's 100 top hip-hop songs of all time and then the song Big, ba- Big Bad Mama was released um, July 28th, 1997. It was on the soundtrack of the film How to Be a Player, um, if you remember that movie uh, with, uh, what's his name, Bill Bellamy um, in it. So the album, it says, push boundaries and it like pushed and broke boundaries for female rappers and it became the first female rap album to debut in the top 10 of the film of the billboard 200 and the first female rap album to have certified plaques outside of the united states and the highest selling and fastest selling female rap album um in 1996 to go platinum in about two and a half months so that is il nana what are our thoughts on il nana because I have lots. Um, I just, it, it hurts me to think about the way that people leave Foxy Brown out of these conversations of pioneering women in hip hop, especially knowing and like reading all of this about the boundaries that her music broke and like the way that like, you know, her music was like pushing boundaries and, and just all of the achievements that she had with this, with this first album. Like, I just feel like she completes Logan. You know, she completes that. Like, she is the yin to her yang. Whether or not they liked each other or didn't, they needed each other. This album was sexy. I love her gruff, deep, sexy-ass voice. It was magic. And it's really sad, like, you know, thinking about what happens to her career when this is the kind of talent that she had. I think she is a person who we don't talk about enough when we talk about hip-hop 
and R&B being melded together very well because that is another thing that Foxy Brown does really, really well. If she gets paired with an R&B singer and it's just like peanut butter and jelly, like it just goes together so well. I thought this album was so pleasing, like all around. And I think it's like such a definitive album of the 90s, of, of female rap in the 90s and of the what it could be or what it could have been. And I think for me, my standouts were obviously Il Nana and I'll Be. Yeah, I think I also am guilty of like leaving Foxy Brown out of the conversation and being able to like listen to this album was like, of course, like, of course, this was like something that was such a standout in the 90s. And she was also so young when this album so came young. out. So young! I had no idea she, she was, was like, 17. Yeah, I was like, she's like 17 on this album, which is kind of wild to think about um, and the type of, you know, content that she she's speaking of. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that, yes, this album definitely holds um, holds up over time. The standouts to me, um, I'll be Ilnana too. Um, and then, yeah, I think those two are the ones that stood out to me. But yeah, I think what, I think we do tend to leave her out of the conversation frequently. And um I don't know why. I don't know why. I think it's just because of what happened with her career later. Like she got into a lot of legal trouble. Then people start saying, oh, Foxy Brown is washed and she's mm. never going to have another hit. Um, and it's sad. It's sad because she's still so young. She still could have a comeback. And I'm Sorry. hoping she does. Yeah, it does make me sad to think about that, especially because she was 17 um, when this all started. Like she had so much more to do and so much so many places to go mm-hmm. i adore foxy brown i just know myself that if i was a lot like i was alive but if i was like you know more than one years old and like mm-hmm. a fully functioning human and you know they're making us pick sides i just know myself <laughs> you would have been on foxy brown's side i just know i just think she's so cool I like agree. there's something i love them both so much mm-hmm. but i'm so drawn to her you know, they're both kind of raunchy, but they do it in, like, a different Very kind different. of way. Like, Little Kim is, like, in your face with it, like, which is great, and I love that, too. But there's something very, like, rough seductive about the way. Yeah. and, like, mysterious about the way that Foxy Brown does it that I just absolutely love. She's They're both fashion girlies, but I'm just, I don't know. I just love this Dior princess. Yes. Always have. And just... I just love to hear her on the types of like I'm really drawn to the production on her songs a little a slightly more yeah than some of the production the bad boy yeah. production um I'll be is such a great song like I love the original disco track and I think yeah. it's just so fun to hear her like you said working with all of these R&B artists and yeah people in different genres whereas I feel like Little Kim was mostly working with other male rappers, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, Foxy Brown is doing too. Yeah. Something about mixing it up. It was like, I don't know. It was, she never got lost in it. If that makes any sense. I just yeah. love to yeah. listen to her. I just absolutely love to listen to her. And I think it definitely holds up. Now, I don't think it just holds up. I think that she would really have a place today. Like, yeah. These things were, I think Fair. she was an artist that would do really, really well in the current climate. Very. especially with now that it is such a big thing to you know do these collabs with r&b artists get mm-hmm. on these songs like i could see her being able to get on songs with like a brant Baez or like a, oh yeah know, and just be like mm-hmm. you know people who are more current 
I would just love that. So I'm a really big fan of this album and just a really big fan of her in general. Yeah. And think more people just need to read, Respect. read about her. Listen, Listen read about her. Read about her. Yeah. Like, Get into also, it. Also, how old was Corrupt when they were engaged? That's a very good question. I'm grossed out. Yeah. He was he was older. He was older. He was older. Um that's a, that's a child. That she, she literally was. Like she couldn't have been more than like 18, 19, 20. Like yeah. 21 years old, but um Corrupt was a little bit older. Um but yeah. yeah. So moving on to the 2000s. Now, yeah. let me tell you guys. It was hard to choose which album I was going to talk about from this artist. I went with this one just because I I just was remembering what it was like in the 2000s and remembering what was what I was listening to and what I was hearing a lot. So the next album we're going to talk about is Miss E, So Addictive, which is the third studio album by Missy Elliott. Um, so it was released in May of 2001 and the album spawned the club and R&B and pop hip hop hits One Minute Man featuring Ludacris and Trina. Get Your Freak On, as well as the international club hit for my people and the less successful, that's what it says, less commercially successful single, Takeaway. It debuted at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200, selling 250,000 copies in its first week, certified platinum, and it got two Grammys for Get Your Freak On and the non-single uh, Scream, aka Itchin, for Best Rap Solo Performance and Best female rap solo performance because remember for a while that was a category actually the both years that it was a category missy elliott won both years that it was a category and i mean duh um i just melissa elliott it's 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 the way that like every one of her albums is just so different from each other and she rode that futuristic wave so hard like she was the leader of that shit but this album to me is just god tier level like when i think of the albums that should be put into like the library of congress when i think of those that should be cemented in history her flows are insane the music videos for this are nuts the the collabs that she chose knowing that in 2001 i mean today but in 2001 especially people would fall over themselves to collab with missy elliott like this is who you want to work with but the collabs that she chose for this were insane like i mean the production is just like out of this world like her and timbaland like when they get together like it's just like, and it's so hard because like you can say that about a lot of her albums. They're such god tier level, but to me, it was this one for me. And I think the stand and like we don't talk about enough. Like Missy and Tweet, uh, Missy and Tweet together, baby. That 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 we don't talk about it enough. But like it's 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 everything. And I I just think like the one minute man, especially the one with Trina. Um, and we're going to talk about Trina next. It just stands out so much. Get your freak on, obviously. But I also love the intro with Treat the so Tweet the So Addictive. Like, Missy Elliott is funny as fuck. And we don't talk about that enough. This is a hilarious ass bitch. A hilarious ass, talented ass, just incredible, futuristic, out of this world human being. And I think she really set the tone for what female rap was on one end in the 2000s. It feels like it was like you're going to be really out 
outlandish and really futuristic and really out of this world on this end. And then we'll talk about the other side next. But let's talk about Miss E. Dot dot dot. So addictive. What are you? What are your guys' thoughts? Oh, I just love her so much. I think that what all that stuff you're talking about about it, you know, being futuristic and you know, just like the magic of Missy is that I think you're seeing for the first time, like where we are in terms of like women in rap, you're seeing someone, a woman who has complete creative control over what she's That's tea. And that is why there's nothing else really like it. Like Ever. even just now, like we're talking about, you know, Lil Kim and, and Foxy who were giants, but their albums are full of collabs with men. The men are producing the thing. You can, they are both a part of, you know, record labels where there are, you know these mostly men men, mostly men but also these like giant men at the forefront yeah who everyone is just expecting to you know be involved or is getting the credit for what they're doing whereas missy like even when she works with timberland it's never like timberland is like making this missy song no it's always right right it's always her in control of what is happening which is why there's just nothing else like it like every there there's not missy albums that i can compare to other people's albums and there's not really missy albums you can compare that much to each other that's the thing so great and one minute man is one of my favorite songs of all time yeah it is it's all those things like it's 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 everything that came before it yeah and like everything that can come after it i love one minute man and that's raunchy but clever it's like she's so nasty but she never yes but she talks about it like never gets to that place where people are like, oh, "Did you hear what Missy was saying?" Missy right. is nasty. Yeah, she positions think- herself as a sex symbol, and I just absolutely love it. It's like, "Bitch, you are. You must be." Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like it's not until obviously like your later age, you're just like, "Wait, she's so bad." I get that now. Hold on. Yes. <laughs> Me over here, one minute back, like, yeah, girl. Had no, had no clue. Had no, had no idea. Had no idea. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting interesting that you picked this one over under construction because i know, I know. <laughs> for me for me that's my album of like mm. Missy Elliott. like um i don't know that's one that hold is like in the mount rushmore of her albums for me and but i also do appreciate the amount of like collaboration like you all have said with um timberland obviously the artist that she choose to include on this um, one minute man obviously stands out. Get your freak on. I've also been on a big like Wu Tang clan like yes, Red Man and Method Man were on this. Method yes. Man, yeah. Or was it so, Method Man? Yeah, no, it was, oh, Method, it was Method Man, man and, and Red man. and yeah. Red Man. Yeah. So I definitely can appreciate the artistry of this album, and I definitely think this is something that, like you said, is going to withstand time. Uh, just hip hop in general, yep. not just women in hip hop. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Um, so that, did you have any other standouts besides One Minute Man? No, I don't think so. Similar to you all, Get get Your Freak On as well. Um, but that's pretty much it. Get Your Freak On and uh, Dog in the Heat. Um, Love Like I said. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about The Baddest Bitch, which is the 2000 debut album by Trina. Um, it was released March 21st, 2000 through the label Atlantic Slip and Slide Records. Debuted on number debuted at number 33 on the u.s billboard 200 and number 11 on the top r&b and um hip-hop charts um and it was charting it charted it was stayed on the chart for 39 weeks and on the hip-hop chart for 49 weeks consecutively 
um, even though a lot of the singles fail to chart, um, some of the Craig Seymour, if I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter, but he's like this like black like um culture mm -hmm. like uh pop culture like critic like music critic, and he said something that I really love. Um, it says um when he reviewed the album for Entertainment Weekly, he says as nasty as Lil Kim used to be. Trina boldly positions herself as the new queen of Randy hip-hop tales in which sex is a contact sport played by rival genders. Spare Miami bass beats provide the apt low end for her below-the-belt rhymes on The Baddest Bitch. And the song about the pain of loving a violent, cash-obsessed thug shows us she's as skilled at speaking truth as she is as hawking fantasy, at hawking fantasies. <sighs> Trina, Trina, Trina. I just, what do you say? I, uh, OG City Girl. OG oh City my girl. God, the that's city it. Girl. Yeah. The City Girl. The City Girl. I just, this, Trina was that artist for me growing up where it was like, if she came on when I was in the car with my mama, like my mama's going to change the station. Because that's how, even on the sanitized radio version of Trina, yes. it was too much for me to be listening to. However, when I was over my cousin's house, oh baby, we was bumping that shit like <laughs> as loud as the speakers could go. We was listening to that shit. To me, this album is like what the other side of women in the hip hop, women in 2000 were like in hip hop, like aggressive, loud sexy proud to be sexy vulgar and i think this album is another one that's just like truly like people will look back on it and be like oh my god that set the standard oh my god that has influenced everything so many of these albums that came after it like pull out the baddest bitch 69 mm -hmm. ways like come on and this is the debut album of a person who had never intended to be a rapper and this is what she can do and and the thing that I love most about it is it's so Miami. It is so deeply, deeply Southern. The Miami bass sound in this, the horns, the right. like everything about the production about it, it just like touches me. It gets me. And I get real emotional when I talk about Trina because she's another one who I feel like, why don't we talk about her more? Why is she not being celebrated and heralded alongside Nicki Minaj alongside missy alongside eve and and uh, and foxy and lil kim because she is a pioneer of this sound i think because the sound is so popular right now that people don't even understand like i think mm -hmm. it's That's so true. hard for people to fathom what things were like in 2000 yeah like like the city girls happen at a time where you know people on social media having those kind of conversations like where we are as, at as a society is like you know fuck niggas like, get like, money exactly like we were living in a city girls era when the yeah. city girls like carisha and jt came out we were not necessarily living in a city girls no. era when yeah she came out. you're right and it's amazing that she just got on the mic and was telling her truth like that's literally she was living and that's what she was doing and I just think that is so like it's so brave kind of to just yeah. be able to get on there and speak your truth when you know that your truth is not Popular. you know the truth not of the, the moment not what other right. women are necessarily aspiring to exactly but you mm. made us aspire to it like absolutely you, people love that era 
and it came back because people, you know, started looking back at old music and what was going on in the 2000s and seeing that there was a Trina there made women feel very empowered today to be able to like do the same thing. And I just think that is excellent. And I, it definitely holds up because if it came out today, Oh my God, if it came out today, it just, exactly. When she did that tiny desk and I was, I was every song. I was like, Oh no, like, I was this gagging. is a perfect moment for this to happen. It's a yeah. perfect moment for us to really revisit Trina and give her her flowers. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, I feel like when I think about this album, I think about those like spring breaks that you used to see on like 1064 yes! and VH1 of them on the beach. Like the summers we were never promised. Like, exactly! you know, <laughs> like that's what I think about when I think about this album. And I totally agree. If this was to come out today, it would be. I'd, I'd be in Miami. I'd be in Miami right Hell now, just yeah. like okay. on South Beach. Um, but yeah, this this album definitely holds up. I don't think I have any other additional comments from what you all have said as well. But she definitely does need her flowers. And I think that she really is the origin of like what a city girl was like back in the day. Yep. So we definitely have to pay, mm-hmm. pay her her flowers. Absolutely. So let's move on to the 2010s. And we're going to start by talking about the pink print. Um, so the pink print is the third studio album by Nicki Minaj. And I chose to not talk about pink Friday because we actually did an episode, an entire episode on pink Friday. So you can go back and listen to that, but we're talking about the pink print by Nicki Minaj, um, released by young money, cash money, Republic. Um, um, Nicki co-executive produced it along with Birdman, Lil Wayne and Ronald Williams and a ton of producers who worked on the album, like boy wonder, um, Cardo, Hitmaker, Metro Boomin, unfortunately, Dr. Luke, Mike Will Made It, 1985, like Polo the Don, like all, Zaytoven, all those. So when it was relief, released, oh, why can I speak today? When it was released, it received general positive reviews from music critic, most of them praising the production and personal lyrics. Um, it was among the best of like decade lists. It landed on like 166 on Pitchforks and 60 on Rolling Stone. It only reached to number two on the U.S. Billboard 200, and we know she how she feels about that. It sold about 244,000 albums in its first week. Um, and da, 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 what else? It's been certified two times platinum since uh, by the RAA, um, and it received a Grammy nomination for Best Rap Album in 2016, um, which we know when to. But <laughs> the pink print um, spawns singles, pills and potions, Anaconda, Only, Bed of Lies, Truffle Butter, The Night is Still Young. And the second single, Anaconda, peaked at number two on the Billboard uh, Hot 100, which at the time was her highest um, charting single up until like very recently. Um, and then she, to promote it, she went on the pink print tour, um, which uh, spanned 50 shows over five months. So I think I chose this one because if you ask me, this feels like the second album, like officially. Um, like there was that whole time after the pink print where she was doing the pink print, Roman Reloaded, the pink print, Roman Release, the pink print, or the pink Friday, Roman Reloaded, pink print. But when the pink print came out, it was like, this is the second album of Nikki. And it, I think it's so interesting to see her in such a vulnerable way, because if you remember, it was at this time when she stopped doing all that clown shit, when she put down the Moschino and she started to wear like her, <laughs> you know I'm not lying. 
She took out her phone. What did she block Jeremy Scott? Blocked Jeremy Scott. Like, she said, "Don't she ever call stopped, me again." She stopped drinking that Moscato that she dropped. Like <laughs> it was. This is the time when she stopped doing all that clown shit. And I feel like once she did, everything elevated. The flows, like her looks. Um, her bars, it was very intricate. She started getting features from Beyonce. Like, this is when, like, everything for me, like, this is when she ascended to queen status, if you ask me. It was when the pink print came out. And then it just felt like it was indisputable. Like, she was the indisputable queen after the pink print came out, if you ask me. Now, some standouts, some songs that I love from this were Pills and Potions, Feeling Myself, and Trinity Dem Girls. And I want to talk about Trinity Dem Girls. Yes, Trinity Dem Girls. I want to talk I'd about- to hear this. I want to talk about Trinity Dem Girls because here's one thing that pisses me off about Nicki Minaj. Why do we not get more Caribbean Trini flavor from her? She is a Trini girl. And on that song that she released um, for Pride, for Trini um, Carnival this year, I said, bitch, you need to put that on streaming services right the fuck now. What was it called? Shake the Place or something? I need that on streaming services right the fuck now because I've been listening to it on SoundCloud on repeat since it dropped. She's so Caribbean. Like, Nikki is just so Caribbean and she does it so well. And Trinity Them Girls is not a song that she gives enough credit. It's not a song that anybody gives enough credit. But it was my favorite song from the Pink Print. And that was that was my thoughts about the yes. Pink Print. I loved that. I love it that... Uh... I love this conversation. Um, yeah, I love this album so much. It just takes me back to like a very specific place in time. I was still in college. I was like in my little apartment, you know, like living my life. Um, and I just absolutely love this album. Now, I'm going to say there are songs from this album that I just don't listen to. Yeah. But the ones that I love are songs that I absolutely love. Standout tracks. And stuff. My favorite song on this album is Want Some More. Hands down. Easily. Eight. Like, she is just going crazy the whole time um i love big daddy i'm pretty sure that's just only on the deluxe as well i don't even really have time for ramik's ass but i really <laughs> love that song. i was not a proponent of their relationship me I was either so the entire time yeah but i did love that song but um, look we got like, something much worse now oof i know i wish we was just dealing with his dumb ass um and yeah. I mean, Anaconda is a perfect song. It, it is! It's so smart. It's an excellent use of a sample. And it, it comes on today. Like, I'm, I'm never tired of hearing Anaconda. Not I at remember all. When, I remember when that music video dropped. Oh my God. I was on People the, I was on the bus minds. looking at this video. I watched it at least three times. I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Brie was mesmerized. I, was like, I really think that, that she brought us into the, the ass era. With Hell Anaconda. yeah. Because Definitely. of the Kardashians, it was yeah, Nikki. that really set it, it off. It was Nikki. Yeah. It was Nikki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, for me, this is one of my favorite Nicki Minaj albums, period. I think that it is a complete body of work yep. from being extremely vulnerable, personal, but also having the fun that you love from Nicki Minaj. Oh, hell music. yeah. This is the only album, this is like, what, 22 songs with the deluxe? Like, I... I like it, it Yeah, it was about that. Because like, the deluxe version is the one that had... Um, there were a couple songs that were on the deluxe version that weren't... Like, a tr- like Truffle Butter. Truffle that Butter, was, right. That was one of them. That was like, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. But I love this album, hands down. I think one of my favorite songs on here is Win Again. And yeah. I also like um, Pills and Potions, obviously. 
Um, I also liked Favorite too. That was favorite, the one I that I, I also had on repeat. You know which well. one I hated? Hmm. Grand Piano. Shanghai. Oh, I hated Grand Piano so. Grand Piano. Shut up. Shut up. Good. Wait, but Camille, your girl Jesse Ware, your your girl Jesse Ware is on this album. Did you know yes, that she is? I did know that she's on this album. I had no idea. Yes. Um, no, but yeah, I think similar to Camille though, I think this like also held a certain place in my heart of like a certain period of time, I think as well. So it's also nostalgic in a way, but I think this is one of her best albums. Truly, truly one of her Mm. best. And now I think, I think it's interesting that you guys talk about the place that it held in your heart for a certain period in time, because we're talking about 2014 which is why mm-hmm. I included this other album. So the other album that we're going to talk about um, from this time period of the 2010s um, is Broke with Expensive Taste, um, which is the debut studio album by Azealia Banks. Now, I know a lot of people have very polarizing feelings about Azealia Banks. You love her, you hate get her, I get you- <laughs> Touch some grass, get a book, find something real to be mad about. You love her or you hate her, and I get it. I support you either way. So, um, so she in 2011 she started working on this album despite not being signed to a record label. Then a year later she signed with Interscope and started working on the album, but she was dissatisfied, so she moved to another label, and it was delayed for over two years. Then it got released November 7th in 2014. Um, by Banks herself with no announcement at all. Um, broke with expensive taste was this um described as a hip hop house or rap house dance pop record um which incorporates elements of from a wide range of genres including hardcore punk punk trance bounce music r&p uk garage and it received pretty positive reviews and basically everybody said yeah it was worth the wait um it had four singles young rapunzel um heavy metal and reflective chasing time and ice princess um, it peaked at number 30 on the Billboard 200 um, and then a bunch of other charts. And it had accumulated 300 million streams on Spotify. And in 2022, um, a Rolling Stone placed it on their list of 200 greatest hip hop albums of all time. Now, we remember what it was like to be alive in 2014, to be alive and listening to music in 2014. It was either ums, 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 or stomp, clap, hey. We were deeply traumatized by what was going on with music. Everybody was riding the EDM wave, even Rihanna. Um, but what I think when I think about Broke with this expensive taste, I just think like what she was able to do with this album, what she was able to do with her sound is something that has not been recreated. It's something that people have not been able to achieve or replicate successfully since i love the way that she perfectly married this dominant genre in 2014 of edm with you know a new york flair with her uh, dance over these beats the production on this is fucking crazy and i feel like this was the time in music when so many people got pigeonholed by by the dominant sounds of the time where so many people were pushed to the side by it and i feel like no, very few people could ride this wave the way that Azealia Banks really did when she was like, what? How old was she when this album came out? She couldn't have been that old when this album came out. She was very, very young with this when this album came out. And I just, I just like, love her or hate her, but this shit, it, I mean, it's just a hit. It really fucking is. She really was 
floating over these fucking beats. Like, I mean, it's just crazy the way, the rhymes that she has, you know? Yeah, her vocabulary is just, you know, you know, that's my girl. You know, that's my girl. You know, that's my girl. I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't, obviously, yeah. I can't, you know, stand by and everything you've done or said. We can't. But when it comes to making music, when it comes to rapping, like, this woman is amazing. And yeah. in her song uh, with Pharrell, ATM Jam, she calls herself Little Red Ride, Ride the Verse. And that is who she is. Like, mm-hmm it just works so well because it's not what everyone was doing at the time that you were talking about Mariah of like EDM's big right now. Like, let me put some EDM elements into my song. Yeah. This is her life. Like yeah. she grew up in the Bronx. She says, I grew up in the Bronx. My babysitters were speaking Spanish. We were speaking Spanish. Yeah. She has this fab. Oh, give me a chance on that. On this album is one of my favorite songs because it goes into this beautiful reggaeton part where she just starts rapping in Spanish. And I remember hearing it for the first time and like truly wanting to cry. I was like, she's, <laughs> amazing there was she's just she different do she's just different because it's come it comes from her and you see it now like you know drake had his album this past year and it was good but it I, even in just listening to it first listen i said there was not enough queer people involved in whatever this was yeah and it just sounded like someone trying something on where mm-hmm. it's like the reason why you know we've had a lot of girls a lot of people come up now rapping over these more like house dance beats especially now it, now and it yeah. just it's not no one else is in the pocket like the way that she is because yeah. this is the music of her life this is yeah. the people that she spends time around she's a yep. part of that mm. community despite terrorizing mm-hmm. the community constantly she truly is, terrorizing she like, is a part of it she's a terrorist i just i mean i just absolutely love her like i don't know i i don't want to not in the wrong in the best ways i mean it's in the best ways but like i see her i hear her and i'm like that's me like i <laughs> Like, not is in some cancer? of the horrible stuff she's saying. No, I don't think so. Don't oh. think so. Um, but just, like, I don't know. I just felt like I hadn't really seen myself. And I say that, you know, mm. with the tiniest grain of salt. Right. Always right. represented, you know, in rap music, especially mm-hmm. at this particular time. Yeah. Um, and I just think this is someone who obviously has some mental health challenges. Yes. So we need to be giving yes. grace. At the end of the, and I hate to, you know, make the bar so low, but there are rappers who literally just like hurt people in real life. And yeah. I just feel like she yeah. says ridiculous things, but she ain't out here really hurting anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's but fair. This, I, I love this album and I feel like if people, if, if she wasn't in her own way, I yeah. think it really, I think it could have taken music in a totally different completely. Direction. And what I this I keep saying this, but this is kind of the barometer of your music for whether or not something holds up. Like if it were to come out today, yeah. I'm sorry. Last year, the biggest artist that anyone listened to is a reggaeton artist. If this were to come out today, yeah, I think it 1,000 percent holds up. Yeah. I think it was very much before its time. Oh, easily. Um, mm. And it's just very of its time, but also before to. its time. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I'm not. I'm just constantly still listening to. I just. I just yeah. Love it. Absolutely. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, like I like I've mentioned before, I'm not a um like a avid listener avid listener of like house music. So for me, thinking about like in 2014, like this was not even like on my radar like that. Yeah. I think I remember like the two one two song was like something that was on repeat a little bit. Yeah, but I think it's fair to take a step back from what I was listening to and respecting her as an artist and the type of um like her artistry within this. Like you said, Camille, I think that this is who she is. She was not writing a trend. Like this is something that is 
who she is at her core. Um, so I think I can respect it from an artistry level, but from a personal level as like a like a fan listening of like hip hop at the time, this was not one that I would necessarily, I think, keep it for myself. That's fair. I totally mm-hmm. hear you. And a lot of people feel that way. And yeah. I think that's like, that was like the dominant feeling of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, that's Charlemagne interview, which is on The Breakfast Club. And he just oh, yeah. like, can't wrap his head around. He's like, I heard you make music for the gays. And she goes, you? Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) What of you? I do. Um, Okay, let's talk about the 2020s. Like, we're in the 2020s, this new era of rap. And I have have three projects. I don't know if Mm. these count as albums. One of them, I don't know, is an album. But Ho Why Is You Here by Flo Millie, Traumazine by Megan Thee Stallion, and Planet Her by Doja Cat are the three albums that I wanted to talk about as being definitive of like where female rap is going in the 2020s. And so I wanted to Mm -hmm. hear your guys' thoughts on those three albums and, you know, whether or not you think they hold up and where you think, you know, female rap is really headed. First of all, I I think I'll say this uh, more times than not, that Tina Snow is the ultimate project for Meg Thee Stallion, Traumazine, or like any of her more recent uh, albums, I feel like are not, her best projects um that's for myself for myself um however i do think this is a fair representation of where the threat is going for female rap um i think that for millie i think for her style i think just being um i don't know just a different style of rap that we weren't used to hearing i think from a like her southern twang to like um i think Beef, like beef itself i think is cemented her yes. as like yes. like there's True. nowhere you can't go that like somebody's like i don't know this song word for word too. word for word um but and then i think planet her is a good representation of the blending of like pop and rap and how it is so intertwined that you can't have one without the other nowadays you want to talk so, about missy elliott's sons that's one right there that's the yeah. main one right there Totally, that's the totally. main one right there but i feel like these are all i think the three projects that you do mention here uh ho yz here trauma zine plant her though i think they are a representation of the different lanes in which um female rap is currently trending towards yeah i totally agree there's so there you can have different lanes because now there's what 50 years of references to pull from sure. as mm, opposed to you know literally. in 2000 missy trina they it was like, I either got to do something brand new or do what's been happening for the last only mm-hmm. 10, 15 years, which is like not that much. Um, so I, I love when we talk about these three albums, you can just clearly see the influence of all the other albums that we've talked about. Like Literally. To them, which I think is really cool. Uh, and it just shows you now, like, like Brie was saying, like we can have multiple lanes. Like, we're at a point now where you can have these three albums existing in the same exact time period from three artists that are totally different, but are technically in the same genre, which I think is very, very cool and interesting. Um, and I don't think was something that was possible to do, you know, in the 2000s, in the 90s. Um, I love all three besides, well, I don't know Traumazine. I actually like it at all but oh, that hurts my I heart know, yeah. I, feel me, I feel you though I feel you I just wanted to I feel I you it's something that she had to 
to do. I think it's a it's a time capsule of like what was going on for her and her life at at the time. And she never, you know, before trauma scene, she never really touched on no all the difficulties of her life. She never no. really touched on the fact that you know she lost her mom and doesn't no. have a great support system. And I think this was an album that she needed to make. And I think that's a cool thing to get to see, like. You know, Nicki Minaj had to put out a couple things before we could get to the pink print where yeah. we just talked about how she got to finally be vulnerable. Yeah. Whatever. And I think it's nicer that we That's live in an era where Megan the Stallion doesn't have to be that famous for that long to get to do that, to get to express herself in that way. And I think mm. that's really cool. And for it to be receptive. Exactly. Too, right? for yeah. To, yeah. To receive it. Same I with, uh, Doja Cat. Like, been in the game for a long time, but also so much more freedom and autonomy to do different things yeah because other women before her did apparently different but not to her not you to know her. what I'm not, li- I, I, don't, I don't i'm not i'm not worried about her i'm not stunned her i still fuck with this album and i still <laughs> i i think like i'm biased because like obviously i chose like the album that we were going to talk about but i think what led me to like choose these albums were like i feel like these are three women who are very polarizingly different in their sound even though two of them are very southern you know but i think there's their 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 music is so different in 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 its like greatness you know and i think but i do i do still see like the influences from the 90s from the 80s and from the 2000s in all of their music and i in the 2010s you know in all of their music and the way that they are building on that to create all these different lanes and all these different pockets for women to be able to get into. And it just shows you like how much we are no longer limiting or, or how much the women, women are no longer limiting themselves in hip hop. Like on all three of these albums on all three of these projects, you hear these women trying a myriad of different things of different sounds of different flows of different beats, production, everything. They are throwing things at the wall to see how far can we take, female rap how far can we really push this thing and i just think it's incredible to see and to see how they've grown even since they've dropped these projects and to see like the way that the the genre has grown even since these projects have dropped and we are only barely three years into the 2020s so i am so deeply excited and so like charged up and energized by the way that you know female rap has progressed the way that it's changed and the way that these women are really leading the charge in that. So yeah, that's a lot, <laughs> but I, I'm really glad that we got to like sit down and talk about this. So should we do music? Great rap? insights. Great insights. Y'all. Yes. Uh, I'm so glad that we got to like all sit down and chat because like, guys, I think are so brilliant and I'm so grateful to Aww. be able to, you know, share, you know, space with you guys and talk about these kinds of things. Do we want to do Music Rex now? Let's do it. Camille, how about you go first? Or do you have one? I do have one. Okay, go ahead. Yes, so while we're on the subject of Miss Azalea Banks, you guys can officially, so New Bottega is not really a new song, but she recently was able to settle some disputes with the producer of the song. So it's on streaming now. We can... We can all listen to New Bodega. Not settle disputes. <laughs> yes. Well because, well, because it popped up on on Spotify 
a couple weeks ago and then my phone was blowing up with people being like new new azalea new azalea and then i was like wait this is not new <laughs> um, then i went to her instagram she was in the middle of dragging the producer of course. and i was like i'm clay but but claiming that she wasn't receiving funds from this so i was like wait a minute um but it seems like they worked it out and then because it went away for a while now it's back so yes new bottega by azalea banks i'm glad i'm glad that she was able to work it out me too Uh, (laughs) right i'm glad it was resolved it's hard being an ab fan i'm not gonna lie (laughs) there's music out there that you love that'll disappear she'll have beef with somebody you'll hear that there's a collaboration going on and next thing you know the person she's supposed to be collaborating with she's on instagram calling them like disgusting or something so it's just like wait it's just so fast she's always getting banned and probably make up so you really just got to keep up with the accounts like Oh, it's a lot, but first thing you take Okay, all right. Exactly. Brie, do you have one? I do. This one, um, I was going through my TikTok because I keep meaning to to say this one. It's called Bing Bong, and it's by this artist named Blackiana. I think it's how you pronounce her name. Random TikTok artist that I found wanted to make sure she got some shine. Love it. So mine is Bing Bong by Blackiana. <laughs> can't wait to listen to it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) now (laughs) this song my rec this week actually surprised me a bit because um i I, this is not an artist that i listen to even remotely but bia was featured on it so um ogeezy have you ever got have you guys ever heard of ogeezy i think so um he's like one of those white rappers um, from the bay from right? the bay and you can very much hear he's from the bay um but it's called geek a leak um uh it samples freak leak um and i really love bia's verse on that song and i think everybody should go and listen okay. to it because she ate um but yeah um so thank you guys for listening to this uh crossover episode of does it hold up slash where my girls at happy black music month make sure you are listening to the women in hip-hop all month. Make sure you go and follow our shows on Instagram and you subscribe and follow us on Twitter and all that good stuff. And we'll see you guys in our next episode, respectively. Bye! Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Where My Girls At, brought to you by Textured Air, a brand dedicated to celebrating Black girl culture, past, present, and future. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It really helps. You can find us on Twitter at where my girls at too, and Instagram, where my girls at underscore th. Make sure you check out our other podcasts, Does It Hold Up, The Blacklist, and all the other content we offer on our website, texturedare.com. Until next time.